What is up, y'all? It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. Shave the mohawk, take the Jordan tattoo off your calf, and play some ball. He's the best to ever do it. It's that simple. Then go up there with the 12th man, the 13th man, the 15th. You can bring your grandmama's choir on there. Nah, but for real, you gon' have to see me. Everybody wanna be famous, but nobody wanna put the work in. Welcome to the Quentin Mayo Show. Oh my gosh, it feels so good to be here right now. My name is Quentin Mayo. I'm your host, NBC Sports Washington, founder of Mayo Please Sports Network. I'm here. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at T-O-Q-M underscore um all over that's where i am so you can find me on there but we got a lot to talk about day three of free agency you know this is a wizards podcast so dc family stand up right now a lot of news to talk about so i'm just gonna hop right into it before we actually get started make sure you follow this podcast on spotify also you can leave it a five-star rating on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast just leave a little review. I mean, it helps me out. It makes me feel better about myself, I guess. But also lets people know that this is good content we got coming over here. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. A lot of moves we want to break down. Also, a lot of like behind the scene front office, ticky tack numbers games. The Wizards front office is is really taking advantage of. So I and I think it's a really good direction. This Tommy Shepard and his staff are headed in, especially with um, a team that has very little to work with. Tomas Sadoransky got traded to the Chicago Bulls. Now, he was a restricted free agent, but they agreed to a three-year deal, a sign-and-trade um, from the Wizards. They said they didn't. Basically, the Wizards did not. Um, they wanted Tomas back, but for that price tag and for three years, they said, you know, we're good on that. So, they sent him to the Bulls. And just briefly to go over, because this is not about Tomas Sadoransky, ladies and gentlemen. We got we got a bigger fish to fry, um, or smaller fish to fry, if you want to talk about that. Um I think he fits well with where the Chicago Bulls are trying to go. I mean, they he gets to join his buddy, Otto Porter Jr., um, over there in Chicago. But they also added Thaddeus Young. And Thaddeus Young and Tadaransky, they both missed, I think, a combined three games last season. Young missed one game, which was the last game of the regular season. Um, and the Pacers had already had the number five seed wrapped up. And Sato only missed, what, two games last season because of the birth of his child in February. So neither missed the game because of an injury. So they're they're guys that are dependable. Um, they've been in the league for a little bit of time. Sato was drafted in 2012, but uh, has been playing the last three seasons here with the Wizards. They got a lot of playing time recently because of the injury and surgeries with John Wall. Um, so at the end of the day, I just think it came down to the direction. This this team does not want to bring in the Wizards, that is, um, bringing guys or bring guys back for three-year deals, if especially if they're not um, immediately going to be connected to where this team is trying to go um, in the future, especially that 2021 year. So, I mean, they did sign um, Thomas Bryant to a three-year deal, but Tom, yeah, Thomas Bryant is a, a young guy. He's 21 years old. So, I mean, he has a lot of upside and he's a hard worker. I mean, the guy works his tail off. Um, he has to improve on the defensive end. Also, he's going to still work to improve that jump shot. He's a fairly new jump shooter, and he he can stress the floor a little bit with his three-point um, his three point stroke. But, I mean, they like Thomas Bryant. They really do like him. So, I think that's – and I, not think. I know that's the main reason why he was their top priority 
heading into free agency. Um, they would have liked to have Saddleback, but not for that three-year um, three-year span. So we can see why that happened. Also, Saddle Ransky, um, from what I've heard, and you got Fred Katz of The Athletic. You got Ben Standing of The Athletic as well, too. You got my boy Chase Hughes, my co-worker at NBC Sports Washington. Um, um, you've just heard that Saddle wasn't really happy with what the team was doing with him. I mean, he had to continue. Um, he just felt like he was not trusted or the, the franchise didn't trust him to do his job. So, um, basically they, he said, you know, I don't want to come back here. Um, he's going to a situation where he feels like he can get some, get some playing time. And when I think of Sadoransky and the time that, um, he spent in DC, it's kind of similar to Kirk Cousins and his time with the Redskins. He always was kind of the second fiddle until he had to be the number one guy. And even when he was the number one guy, the team still didn't. Trust him, he was always looking over his shoulders. The same thing goes for um, Tomas Sadoransky. He had to defer to Ty Lawson in one playoff series, um, who hadn't been with the team the entire season. They brought him in ex- just for the postseason, and he got minutes over Sadoransky. Also, um, Chasen Randall, who a lot of people were surprised about, but Chasen was a guy who could only play on the Wizards team. He couldn't play anywhere else. And um, he got a lot of time over Sadoransky too. They only went to Sadoransky when they absolutely needed him, which was when John Wall went down. So um, I think he's going to a situation where he feels like he can be a guy that gets more minutes and can't be trusted, especially in a room that has a lot of young point guards. You got um, Kobe White there. So he can learn from, I guess, a little bit of veteran leadership from Tomas, who's, well, he's 27 years old. He'll be 30 when his contract runs his course. So um, he's a guy. He's a good guy. He goes. He just goes to work, but he just isn't what the Wizards are looking for in terms of ceiling as well. Um, he's not taking pull-up jumpers. He can't kill you on a crossover or anything of that nature. But he's a solid player, and he's a really big guard as well. He's probably the second um, tallest point guard in the league behind Ben Simmons. So. That is it. That is all I'm going to say about Saturday because I know you guys are tired of hearing about Tomas. Now, let's get into the meat and potatoes of what happened yesterday. Isaiah Thomas signed a one-year deal with the Wizards. Now, that is not the big fish everybody was expecting after they got the report from Candace uh, Buckner in terms of the money and the exceptions that the Wizards have to utilize their trade exceptions, their mid-level exceptions. Um, that's not the big fish people were thinking of. I think someone in the comments said that's more like a minnow, which is, <laughs> I guess that's kind of funny. But um, it's 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 substantial. They, they picked up Ish Smith, who you couldn't see as the starting point guard. And if you're, I mean, the team at as constructed at this point is going to be in for a long, long season next year if this is all they're going to do. And I guess you could look at this as kind of like a semi-rebuild year. They're really, um, they're really operating as a team that's looking to kind of punt this season, but not necessarily. They want to show Beal, who is like the apple of their eye right now, that hey, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can right now to show you that we are different from when Ernie was here. Um, and we're going to do the right thing and make the right decisions to make you feel like, look, this is home. You can trust us to build around you from the years to come. So Tommy Shepard has the keys to that right now. Him and Ted Leonis are working closely to make sure Bill feels comfortable. And I mean, you can't really be mad at the job they're doing right now. They don't have much to work with. So IT comes on a one-year deal. I reported yesterday that it was probably going to be IT or Quinn Cook. Those are going to be the two guys. I mean, they're looking for scoring on the offensive side of the ball. Now, Quinn Cook was also will is a guy that was willing to come in and get these minutes that the team has to offer right now and then take the back seat to 
John Wall next year, next year, which is something that I don't think if Isaiah Thomas has a a decent year this year. I mean, and I'm thinking close to um, how he was two years ago in Boston. I don't think he takes a back seat um, to John Wall when Wall comes back. I mean, this is a guy who was an MVP, borderline MVP candidate um, two years ago before he suffered that injury to his hip. So I think Quinn Cook in that aspect was willing to just say, hey, I'm coming home. I'll get these minutes and then I'll fall back in line and be a solidified um, second guy off the bench for John Wall. But Quinn Cook is also a champion. Um, Quinn Cook is also looking to get his bag while he can. Quinn, he played with the Warriors. I mean, he has a lot of experience. Um, and there's also that report that he was a package deal wherever KD goes. I don't know how much you want to put into that. I think he's just looking for a situation where he can showcase his talents and get more money than, you know, probably just a one-year deal. I think if you brought Quinn Cook in, Quinn Cook was more of a two-year guy who would have been absolutely okay with that. Not a one-plus-one where you have a player option or a team option on the end of it. Just a two-year outright just to see where things are going. But Quinn Cook is not the guy that came to D.C. It was Isaiah Thomas. And when you add Isaiah Thomas, you lose something called not only height but defense. And that's when we're we're going to talk about you know the way this team moves forward after this move. Um, later in this podcast, but one thing it can do is score. And if he is healthy and I'll say it again, if he is healthy, he is one of the best scoring guards in the league, regardless of how big he is finishing for his size is one of the part of his game that is very underrated. So, um, he, he's going to bring a scoring touch to the offense that only had Bradley bill. And I guess Thomas Bryant as the primary scores Ish Smith is not going to, you know, knock her socks off with his scoring ability but with it if healthy if healthy if healthy he can score the ball and him beside uh bradley bill is going to be interesting to watch especially in the fourth quarter when it is a guy that thinks he can still take those big shots i mean i think he's also a good locker room guy from what i've heard um tim conley the president of operations over there in denver um dc guy or was a dc guy he was a dc intern um had nothing but high praise for him he said that you know it's um his work ethic and his leadership and his voice in the locker room is something that they absolutely could not have got could not they couldn't have gotten that far in the season and the success that they had without his leadership in the locker room even though he was not playing and the wizards are focused on they've made it an effort to be focused on the culture of the guys and the the personality of the guys that they bring in and the work ethic of the guys that they bring in Look at the guys that they brought in. Ish Smith, you never heard a word from him. He's a guy that can push the pace for Scott Brooks' offense. I mean, he's a journeyman, but he he's gonna he's a solid backup point guard. Isaiah Thomas, um, it, he's a pretty good guy. I mean, you haven't heard anything crazy about him. I mean, he was dissatisfied with his time in L.A. or with Cleveland and things of that nature. But all o- overall, he's a very nice guy. He works hard. He's a leader, and he's not going to say anything like, you know, maybe Austin Rivers would have said in a locker room. And you got Thomas Bryant, a guy that they brought back for three years. He's a very high-character guy. That's the thing that Tom, that Tommy Shepard in the front office is focused on all season long. So I like the addition of Isaiah Thomas. Now I think they're going to, from this point on, they're going to look to add some wing depth. You need some wings. You need some forwards and um, some swingmen, and that's what they have to add next. And like I said, we'll talk about that a little later in the podcast. But what I want to get into is that the Wizards applied for the disabled player exception in regards to John Wall. Now, they applied earlier in the season, and they're waiting for a response on that application. Now, what that means, and I'm going to try to break this down as simple as possible because so often the guys that know about these the inner workings, the player exceptions, the trade exceptions, um, things of that nature, 
they know it so well that it's kind of hard to explain to just the common fan. And I've been the common fan. I'm trying to transition into media. So I know what is easier to digest in terms of all these numbers and these exceptions. It can't be hard to understand. Um, but I'm going to try to break it down as simple as possible. So let's break down the disabled player exception in regards to John Wall. Now, in order for the exception to be granted, an NBA designated physician has to determine that John Wall is done for the season or more likely than not to be done for the season. Um, in this case, it's more likely than not that John is done for the year. Now, his camp is working for him to return this season, but nine times out of 10, he will be done for the season. Now, if the, the disabled player exception is granted, this now allows the Wizards to sign a replacement player for 50% of the injured player's salary or the amounts of the non-taxpayer's mid-level exception, whichever is lesser. So they cannot use that replacement or that exception to sign a player for 50% of John Wall's salary because the salary is so substantial. Therefore, they have to use the mid-level exception um, option, which is around $9.2 million because that is the lesser. It'd be crazy if they could just file this exception and bring in somebody for, you know, $20 million. That's nuts. That's nuts. So with this also, you have to think about this exception allows them to take in money via trade or you can use it to sign a player. So it can be used as a trade exception and it can be used as just a player exception, something that you can use um, in free agency. If the Wizards trade, they can bring in a player making around $9 million, but that player has to be in the final year of his contract. Remember that. So they can't trade for a guy who's in the midst of a multi-year deal, anything like that. It has to be one year. The middle of exception is one year. So DeMarcus Cousins will most likely get a one-year deal. One-year deal. Isaiah Thomas could have got a mid-level exception, but he wasn't worth it. So he just took one year and less than a mid-level exception. Now, reports are saying that DeMarcus Cousins is also going to take less than um, the mid-level exception because, you know, he had – he accepted a mid-level exception last year. The Warriors reports is that he's not going to get that this offseason, which could be good for the Wizards because they can get him for the low. I mean, why not? So that is the disabled player exception broken down in Lehman's terms in regards to John Wall's situation. Also, you have to remember that the Wizards still have an $8.6 million trade exception that they can use. Now, according to Candace Buckner, the Washington Post, they are actively, and they being the Wizards, are still taking free agent meetings to lure a big fish. Now, a big fish is a, it's a weird term because when you think of big fish, you're like, okay, who can they get with 8.6? Oh, I got bars. Who can they get with 8.6? Now, a big fish, um, I don't think it was Isaiah Thomas, um, but a big fish, I'm, I'm also still trying to think of who could they bring in. A big fish with that $8.6 million trade exception. I am not sure. I'm going to continue to brainstorm. That is very hard because not only are you looking at players that fit that salary range with one year left on their contract, you got to look at team needs and, to, and, and what their rosters look like. Some teams may have um, a guy or a few guys in that spot where they're comfortable with. You might have guys like, you know, like Mason Plumlee is with Portland. 
I believe Mason Plumlee, or is he in Denver? Mason Plumlee's in Denver, um, and you couldn't bring him in because he's $14 million. He has $14 million on his contract. But just, guys, you have to go through each and every team and see who is willing to dole out a big man or a forward or something of that nature for the Wizards to have, and then what are the Wizards sitting back? So it's a lot to dig into in terms of that big fish. I am honestly... <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Now, with the free agency meetings in the Big Fish, I'm thinking DeMarcus Cousins. Um, that's the biggest name that's out there right now. And I'm going to tease that for the end of this podcast to make sure you guys just stick around. But we're definitely on the way to get into that. So, what's next for the Wizards? Now, they need a forward. They need a forward. They need a four and a five position. Now, they currently have um, Thomas Bryant is holding down the starting uh, center position, you got Dwight Howard and Yamahimi. I've heard very adamantly that the Wizards are trying to trade Dwight Howard or waive Dwight Howard. They now they are they were impressed by his shape. He's in great shape. He's recovering well from his injuries, his back injuries, his lower back injury. Um, but the Wizards need a four position and they need a five guy. Now they need defense as well, which is what one of the cons does say a Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins is not a defender. He's not a defender. And with Bradley Bill. Isaiah Thomas and Thomas Bryant as your three like solidified starters at this point. It's not a lot of defense or defense at all. I mean, well, you, Bill can guard pretty well. But other than that, Thomas Bryant is not known for his defense. None of these guys are known for the defense. Isaiah Thomas has literally been picked on for his lack of defense and lack of hype. So the Wizards need forwards. Let's talk about the guys they could bring back. Number one, we're going to talk about Jabari Parker. Now, right now, Jabari Parker, you know, the Wizards declined his $20 million option as they should, as everybody knew they would. There's no way they're going to give him that money. They don't have that money. So right now, he's testing the free agency waters. Now, further, the Wizards are willing to bring Jabari back, but Jabari wants to see, he wants to test the market and see if he could get some more money elsewhere or a combination of that and minutes. So he is, on day three, still looking for a home. Now, after the first two days, teams have pretty much used their cap where they're going to use it at. I mean, other than that, he is probably going to get the same money in Washington or maybe even a little more for for him coming back to the team. And they liked what Jabari did last year more than he's going to get from any other team. Now, does Jabari want to join a contender? Does he want to join the Lakers? Does he want to join the Clippers? Does he want to join the Golden State Warriors? It's 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 dependent upon him. Like if you do join the Golden State Warriors and you get substantial minutes because they lack bench depth and you do a fairly good job. You could make some money that offseason because you're on a team that has a big microscope on them. A lot of people are going to be watching to see what the Warriors do. And in the midst of that, sort of like Quinn Cook and these other guys, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, you plan on a team that is a championship caliber team. Everybody's going to be watching to see where they go. And if you can shock some people in being connected to that franchise, you know, why not get that back? So it's, it's interesting because the Warriors are looking for front court depth. And they're looking for it in a very cost-effective fashion. I mean, aside from Kavon Looney and Andre Godala and occasionally Quinn Cook last season, the Warriors struggled for bench production. And um, as shown by his year in D.C., Jabari Parker could probably add some production off the bench. Um, he was turnover-prone, but other than that, he can dribble the ball. He can bring the ball up the floor, take it out the hoop and bring it up the floor. He can dunk on your head. He can shoot. He could do everything pretty well. He's not a bad guy. And I personally think the Wizards should bring Jabari back. And I think that after granted this um, other uh, exception, I think the Wizards 
want Jabari back, but it's, it, it's does the Jabari want to be back? That is the biggest question. Does Jabari want to be back in DC? Um, we will have to see. So if you're saying, okay, maybe Jabari Parker decides to go to a contender to get, um, you know, a bigger light shined on him as he also gets some minutes and re up in free agency the following season. Who else do they have? Now the Wizards, they are very bad team on defense. They ranked 28th, 28th. Good Lord, I can't talk today. In team defense last season, they need defenders. Now when you talk about defenders, Rondi Hollis Jefferson is an unrestricted free agency that is right there. Now the Suns were interested in Hollis Jefferson, but they signed Frank Kaminsky instead after the Hornets declined his qualifying offer, and the Brooklyn Nets um, unrestricted free agent now. He has athleticism. He has energy. Um, he's extremely switchable. He has a decent enough IQ, but he's not an offensive guy because um, he can't shoot the ball. But he's also on the smaller side for a power forward. He's six foot two seventeen. But when you have a team like the Wizards who have a short guy with two small guards in um, IT and um, Ish Smith, and then you have Bradley Beal, who's an okay defender, not known for defense, and you have Thomas Bryant down low, you need a guy who can defend on the wing. You need some guys that can defend, defend the ball. And Rondé Hollis Jefferson is that guy. So definitely watch out for Rondé Hollis Jefferson to be on the Wizards' radar because they they really want wanted to put an emphasis on defense, which is one of the things that Tommy Shepard said in his presser um, on draft night on the night after the or the day after the draft. And you know, with moves like Ish Smith and It, I mean, it was for a guy who could score the ball, but it was not for the defensive emphasis that they're trying to put on. Um, and implementing this team heading into the next season. So, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is definitely a name to look at. Also, you got Marcus Morris. Not Markeith, but Marcus Morris. Now, Marcus Morris is interesting because he's going to be in pretty high demand. He had a very good year last year. He had a career year with the Celtics, but it's unlikely he returns to Boston after he had to renounce his uh, bird rights. So, he might be ready to join. He's been on a contender for the last, what, few years. He's probably going to be looking to join a team, um, whoever gets Kawhi Leonard. He might be waiting to see where Kawhi goes. He has ties to the Lakers. He's a clutch sports client. Um, he's always wanted to play for his hometown in Philly. Philly could work as a contender as well. Um, either way, he's unlikely to take a discount. So a discount to... Marcus Morris, what is it? I mean, if you give him, I think you could give him the full mid-level and allow him a year to, you know, be a very top-tier contributor to the team. But then again, you would have to pay for him the following season. So he's not going to take a discount, but you do have a mid-level exception to offer to him for just a single year, um, which will be extremely interesting. I think Hyundai Jefferson, Hyundai, I keep saying Hyundai, Rondé Hollis Jefferson is more likely to be the Wizards option um, than Marcus Morris. I think Marcus Morris is not interested in going to a team that does not have a lot going for them. And Markeith is also his brother. I'm pretty sure Markeith is probably said, hey, look, nah, you're good, on, you're good on that. You're good on that right now. I mean, I was there. You're good on that. So I think Rondé is more of a realistic approach to the four position than Marcus. But I mean, Marcus is, I mean, what can you say? He's a better version of Marquise. He's slimmed down, which is something that Marquise should have done. He's slimmed down. He's gotten his body in shape. He can shoot extremely well. He can run the floor. He can finish and he can defend. What else do you want? And that's one thing he's going to say to anybody in his client, Rich Paul, who's going to get him the bag, which is bad news for the Wizards. But 
that's one thing he's going to be selling to all these teams is that he can do whatever you want. He's a great complimentary piece, and he's a great piece, especially to a team that is trying to make a run for the postseason. He'd be a great Laker. He'd be a great Clipper. Wherever Kawhi goes, he'd be great on that team. He's a great guy to have on a championship team. He's one of those guys. And the last guy I have in the swingman category is Jermichael Green, which is somebody that nobody has been talking about. Now, Jermichael Green is probably a guy who's waiting on Kawhi Leonard as well. Um, also, the Clippers still hold his bird rights and could possibly offer him the most money if they're not spending their cash space on a max contract. Um, he can stretch the floor, the swingman position, um, but that, that position is kind of drying up by the hour. He's six foot nine, 227, but he shot 40% from three-point range last year. Um, between his stops with Memphis and LA. So Jermichael Green is another name um, I can see in there, but out of all three of these names, well, four of these names, I think Jabari is your number one and Rondé is your number two. Um, and why not both? I see my boy Damo on Twitter say, you know, I want both of those guys and I, I can't disagree um, with that statement. I can't agree more with that statement. I mean, both of those guys um, bring something to the team that they need right now in a, t in a time of which they are really you know, bound in terms of what their ceiling is. This team is very, I mean, you're young with the guys that you just drafted, Rui and Admiral Schofield, um, Troy Brown Jr. But you have some leadership, but you also got some guys that can't defend and you need defenders. And this team just needs everything. And you don't have a lot of money to do that. So I think bringing Jabari and or Rondé Hollis Jefferson is the most likely situations to happen. So we're going to jump over to Dwight Howard. Oh, do I already talk about Dwight Howard? No, we're not going to talk about Dwight Howard. <laughs> um, we could talk about the fact that the Warriors reportedly had interest in, interest in him last year. And when I say interest, um, sources say they had interest in him. And that source was Dwight Howard. So he could end up in Golden State maybe as a trade partner. I don't know. Maybe a second round for Dwight Howard. I have no clue. They love second round picks. We don't know what's going to happen with Dwight Howard. Um, now I want to talk about Boogie Cousins. I know you guys want me to talk about Boogie, so I'm going to talk about Boogie. Now, report came out from Woes that he's not even being offered the mid-level exception. It's the contract that he took last year in Golden State. The Heat and the Celtics are meeting with DeMarcus, probably as we speak. If DeMarcus is garnering a contract that is lower than the mid-level exception, why the heck not? I mean, why not? Why not? Now, one thing about DeMarcus Cousins you just got to say, hey, you're here with your best friend or one of your good friends. You got John Wall here. Y'all can kind of help each other recover from the same injury. You can give advice to John. John is your boy. Maybe he can convince you to come back um, if you're full strength and you play well this year. But why not? Why not just try to snag him up for under the mid-level exception? I would definitely jump on that. Um, and also, a one-year deal is a prove-it deal. It's a prove-it deal. There's some minutes to be played. I mean, you weren't, you're not going to start over Thomas Bryant simply on the fact that Thomas Bryant is a contract guy now. He has three years. He's the money man on this team. The Wizards want to go forward as him, with him at the helm <clears throat> of that five position. So you will come off the bench. But Thomas Bryant is not going to play 40 minutes a night. You know what I'm saying? And he's a high-energy guy. I mean, he always seems like he's going hard and going on 10, but DeMarcus Cousins can come off the bench and do some damage. He can work back into the swing of things. There's no pressure for him to start and, um, you know, just allows him to develop and regain his confidence in his in his game from coming off the bench in a situation where there's a lot, it's very minimal pressure. Now, the Sixers don't need him. 
I mean, the market for him is not very steep at all. So I know this Wolves report is true. I mean, I believe most things that Wolves says. Sixers don't need him. They have Al Horford and Kyle Quinn. Orlando re-upped on Nikola uh, Vucevic. Milwaukee Barton, the Lopez twins. Gasol is staying in Toronto. What else do you want? DeAndre Jordan's back in Brooklyn. Valanciunas is in Memphis. Nerls Noel went back to OKC. Enos Cantor is with the Celtics. Golden State has um, Kevon Looney. Whiteside is back in Portland or in Portland now. So the market is not really there. So if I'm the Wizards, I mean, why not? You want to make things exciting? Let's talk about two one-year contracts with IT and DeMarcus Cousins to pay beside Bradley Bill on proven deals, guys that are going to be going hard so they can get the bag maybe somewhere else with a lot. It's a very low-risk, high-reward. And that's all you're looking for right now with the lack of cap space that you have with this team, especially you're trying to show Bradley Bill, hey, you can trust us in our direction. Now, the only thing about DeMarcus is, uh, I mean, his character. He's character. You're looking for high character guys. I mean, he had no problems last year. He was actually kind of like the one that was alleviating tensions between um, Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant. He hasn't had anything come out about his attitude or anything like that last year. I mean, he's a force and a character, not a character, but like a fierce guy on the floor in terms of his play and his his attitude. But I don't know. I mean, if, if you're looking for high character guys, I wouldn't call DeMarcus a high character guy, but I wouldn't say he was low character. I think he was pretty much even killed last year, uh, better than usual. And that's also because he's not playing. So when you're not playing, you really can't say much because you're not producing. So you're just sitting on the bench. You can't, the storyline is not really on you. But when he came back and played in the regular season, I believe he averaged around 16 points. Like he wasn't bad. Then he got hurt again with, I think, what was it, the hamstring. And then he went back on the bench and tried to rush back in the postseason. It just looked terrible in the playoffs, like almost unplayable in the playoffs, which I think is the solidifying, like, cherry on top of the reason why the market is so slim for him right now. So, he also could join um, whatever team Kawhi goes to. Everybody's waiting on Kawhi. Is he going to the Clippers? Is he going to the Lakers? He could also join one of those teams. But then again, are you going to make DeMarcus Cousins the starter? And I don't think he's going to start anywhere. I don't think he starts on a championship team. I think, you know, it's a very low-risk, high-reward situation for the Wizards. I think it'd be... It'd also be cool. It gives us something to talk about. IT, Bradley Bill, DeMarcus Cousins, Thomas Bryant... Um, Jabari Parker, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. That sounds way better than, you know, the current lineup with these Mo Wagner and I like him and, and all that, but you know, it's, it's just not it. Um, even then, if all these moves are made, if they bring in DeMarcus Cousins, if they bring in Jabari and Ronde Hollis Jefferson, is this team competing in the Eastern Conference? No, they're not. Not competing in the Eastern Conference. Will this team win 30 games next year? Maybe. I don't know. You know, they might struggle to win 30 games. Might struggle to win 25 games this year. But they could win a lot of games. And a lot, I mean, maybe 32. Who knows what this... Well, I think we do know this. The ceiling is not very high for this team this year, guys. So this is not a... Let's put a, together a championship contender. This is a semi-rebuild. This is a rebuild without, you know what I'm saying, just completely blowing up everything. We're trying to show Bradley Bill what <laughs> we can do. And that's basically what... Tommy Shepard and Teleosis is saying right now. They're trying to show him what they can do. So um, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Oh, I got your questions. We're going to end this podcast with the questions that you had. I put up a tweet at TOQM underscore on Twitter. And I said, hey, send me your questions. I'm going to answer them on the podcast. And 
um, we'll go from there. So while I bring that up, I'll talk to you about how my dad has stormed in on this podcast multiple times. And I have a lot of editing to do. But let's hop into the questions. My boy Drew used to work with him at the Richmond Times Dispatch. He said, more wins next year. The Patriots or the Wizards? Drew, I just want to let you know, on record, I hate you. <laughs> um, more wins next year. I'm going to say the Wizards. Um, that's funny. But it's just a funny little joke. He, he knows how much I'm invested into this team. And um, yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, got my boy underscore 92 infinity. He asked me two questions. He says, does the DPE disabled player exception mean wall is out for the whole year or are the wizards just covering their own end? I think it's a little bit. I'm going to go with the, the latter instead of the former. The wall does not. It does not mean wall is out for the entire year. Like I said earlier, they can still oh, I don't even think I said this on the podcast. Did I? I think I did. You can still have. Yes, I did. You can still have both players. Um, like if wall returns next year, you can still carry both. So it doesn't necessarily mean wall is out for the whole year, but what it does mean, according to the rule book is that substantially more than likely than not John wall is done for the season. So the wizards are covering their end. Um, wall can return, but that doesn't necessarily mean he is out for the entire season. Now, what we've, what we've heard is that wall is working to return next year. Um, that's the goal. And we've also heard that if he does not come back and the Wizards do exercise the DPE, that Wall's camp understands. Rich Paul and those guys, they understand. So I'm going to lean towards the fact that Wall will not come back next year. Also, I mean, not going to have more games to play. It's not like he's coming back for the postseason or anything like that. And I, all, I honestly think he should just take the whole year off. Just continue to work, miss a whole year. Make sure you are at the best shape you can be. So when you come back, you're ready to go and take back your team now i got my boy cbc harp what's up harp he says where should the wizards go next in free agency i kind of already covered that i think you got to bring in some swingmen you got to bring in a, a forward i think they go ahead and try to bring back jabari parker or ronnie hollis jefferson and also i think even a step after that i think you got to find a trade partner for um dwight howard see what you can get for dwight howard out there i mean they love second round picks so i wouldn't be surprised if they <laughs> flipped dwight howard for a second round pick in uh in a guard or something like that but i don't know what the market is out there for dwight howard i honestly don't know but like i said the warriors reportedly were interested so who knows i don't think they have much to give but um you got to trade dwight howard because if if you're going to the season with yamahimi dwight howard Thomas Bryant like you got to get something for Dwight because he's not he can't start he can't start over Thomas Bryant and at this point in Yon Mahimi's career everybody keeps talking about his his contract bro the contract has run its course it's it's done like it, just give it a break now could they attach it to something and attach his contract to something and bring in a bigger um a bigger fish quote-unquote back to DC you could but at this point Yon Mahimi has run the train or the wizard's cast situation he has run the train on it it's over it's finished just stop thinking about it stop dreaming or having nightmares about it yamahimi has finessed the wizards officially this is the last year of his finesse after this you can be you can sing free at last we'll be singing free at last because ernie grunfeld is gone yamahimi has run the train on the wizards in their cap situation so it's pretty much done so i think they got a, the, the next order of business find a trade partner for dwight howard also um looking to jabari parker and ronde hollis jefferson uh, next question is any chance Bill signs the extension? The extension he's referencing is a three-year, $111 million extension that the, the Wizards have come out and said, reportedly said that they are going to offer him this offseason. Also, what's the Dwight Howard situation like? Okay, I've already talked about I've talked about too much Dwight Howard in this podcast. And uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm tired of talking about Dwight. I'm not saying another thing about Dwight. 
okay at all let's talk about bradley bill is it possible any chance that he signs extension yes there's always a chance buddy that comes from my boy capital city wiz it's always a chance do i think he signs it no i don't think he does uh, i think he's a very nice guy the what bradley i almost said the white Howard again bradley bill is a nice guy he's not going to do anything that's going to you know make the headlines in terms of except for say you know he's been dealing with bs for seven years when he said that in practice last season but other than that bradley bill's a nice respectable guy he he's going to be nice while he's here the wizard drafted him um he's he's respectable he's a he's a great guy but he's not going to sit here and say anything other than yes i want to be here for life yes i want to see the direction of this team yes i love dc yeah, like he wouldn't has no reason to say it. well he has a lot of reason to say that but he wouldn't say that that's just not who he is as a person will he sign at 3 4 111 if he does i will be extremely surprised i'll tell you that right now i'll be extremely surprised i'll be shocked i personally do not think he will i would bet money he does not he just sat on twitter for the last three days and watched youngins get bread and while he was watching us get bread he was tweeting about it he is seen brothers get pay paid pay paid this is a guy who arguably is a third team all nba player he's probably the second best shooting guard maybe third but i'm gonna say second best shooting guard in the nba so he could get a supermax <laughs> if he makes all nba he'd be eligible for a supermax the following season not this you know what i'm saying the following season um, or he could say, look, I'm tired of losing. I want to join a team that can get me, you know, that ring that I'm chasing. I can join up with the, some other guys and we can, you know what I'm saying, do our thing. Um, because he's already said that this, the money does not mean a lot to him. He said that. He said, I mean, I have millions or I can stop playing basketball right now and be good for the rest of my life. He said that verbatim. So the money is not this specific specifically enticing to him um he wants to be in a good situation he enjoys basketball the most when he's winning which goes for most most players in the nba some guys just want the money and that's it that's what they want to use basketball for is to just have the bread but bradley bill is a guy who enjoys basketball the most when he's winning games and he hasn't been winning games here recently in dc he won't be winning a lot of games this year and when wall comes back maybe they win some games who knows what the team's going to look like then but right now, he's not winning games. I don't think he's going to accept that three-year for 111. But I do believe he's working closely with Ted and Tommy Shepard to discuss the direction, to see what they're doing, to suggest moves, and to meet with whatever free agents that they can afford on the MLE um, in D.C. I think he is involved in doing that. But that does not mean he's going to sign a three-year 111. And he can respectfully decline that and say, hey, look, guys. I still need time to see what you guys are going to do. And I don't think it's any problem with that. Bradley Bill has played his cards. He's done everything right. And that's the biggest thing. He's done everything right. You cannot be mad at whatever decision Bradley Bill makes. If he decides to decline it, do not get on Twitter and bash him because he has done everything perfect during his time here in the midst of a time that has been ruined pretty much by Ernie Grunfeld and his lack of competency, um, lack of competence, excuse me, and bad decision making. So, Whatever Bradley does, wish him the best, but I think he is going to respectfully decline the three years and $111 million. So that is it. This was a lengthy podcast. I have a lot of editing to do, so I'm going to try to hurry up. It's 1.30 right now. Hurry up, edit this, get it out to you guys, and I'm also going to shoot a video today. We're going to talk about Tyler Hero and his performance last night in the Summer League because that boy can ball. So... 
thank you for joining me today on the Quentin Mail Show. More to come. I will be back on the podcast if anything um, substantial breaks. And I will also be doing videos on the Wizards Summer League, which starts, what, Thursday? Friday? When's the 6th? Next week? Whenever the Wizards Summer League starts, I will be breaking that down. So make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at T-O-Q-M underscore. This has been Quinn Mayo, the Quinn Mayo Show, NBC Sports Washington, D.C. Family. I'm out of here.